Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Christine. And I'm Kat. And today on the podcast, we are celebrating a few very exciting milestones. So firstly, today is the two-year anniversary of the podcast. Can you believe it has been two years already since we started um, chatting away? (laughs) So exciting. Can you believe it? I feel like it's been a good time, a wild ride. (laughs) That's so many years left on us. Um, Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) So much more chat to come. Um, The second milestone is that we are just about to hit 100,000 downloads. So if you're watching the video, you'll see we have some very cool balloons behind us, which is 100,000. So yeah, we're very excited and proud of, yeah, just the commitment and how many people that we've been able to reach. That is no easy feat. And there's just the people that we know of as well. So yeah. And then the last celebration is, of course, um, we very intentionally started the podcast on international women's day so in light of it being the two years anniversary today is also international women's day so yeah very excited to celebrate what is the best day of every year (laughs) other than our birthdays and christmas obviously (laughs) oh yeah so in light of this and to celebrate we thought we would reflect on the two years that have been and share five timeless money lessons that we each have learned since starting um the podcast so i'm gonna throw cat right into it as always um Kat what are five lessons that you've had or learned love this so I am going to go through this rapid fire because we have promised ourselves that we're going to keep this short sharp and punctual so lesson number one is your self-control is worse than you think therefore you need to automate it and I feel like if you've listened to any of our money moments episodes in the last two years you would probably have been on this journey with us um reflecting on this personally you know my self-control has been terrible in terms of you know where I rate myself versus what I actually end up doing. And so the moral of the story is having been through two years of having automated finances and then not having automated finances and then going back to automated finances, just automate it. It makes it so much easier. What I mean by that, the real simple basics, like don't overcomplicate it. You want to do the things that are sending um, auto- or setting up automatic payments, you know, those sorts of things um auto investing auto investing yeah. exactly the day you get paid making sure that money goes into separate accounts based on your goals all of that kind of stuff is super super important um and the other thing i wanted to say on this because i've also recently been through this experience is just regrouping on the idea that separating your fun money and your discretionary expenses from your day-to-day account i.e. where your like rent or mortgage or bills come out from is a great idea because You then, particularly in a time where cost of living is really high and inflation feels like it's everywhere, um, it's a lot easier to actually track that your lifestyle creep is not getting out of control. Yeah, nice. That's a great tip I'm going to take away. Love it. I've redid that yesterday, so stand by for updates soon as to whether or not it's successful. (laughs) Where the lesson is implemented. (laughs) Exactly. The lesson has been implemented, so let's see if if we manage to stick to it. So on that, point number two is – You will do more than you think and like a year is not a long time. And I think Mm. reflecting on this, you know, as you said at the start, like it's been two years since we started the podcast and I feel like if you tallied up all the goals and various financial things that we have actually individually done in the last two years and talked about openly on the show in the last two years, Mm. it's huge, right? And if we went back to day one of, hey, Christine, do you think like in the next year or two years, what are you going to achieve? I guarantee you probably – 
wouldn't put all of those things on your list, you know. And I think it's just one of those traps that we fall into as human beings that um, we underestimate how much we can achieve in a short period of time and, sorry, underestimate how much we can achieve in a long period of time and overestimate how much we can perhaps achieve in like the next month, right? And it's like you just sometimes need a bit of time to pass to actually see how far you've come. Um, It's not always the funnest to hear that when you're in the moment wanting to achieve all the things (laughs) that just take a from someone that's, you know, particularly feels like we've done a lot in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. that was my key takeaway for I, money and life and I think career. That's a great one. Yeah, I was going to say for career as well. Yeah. It's so applicable. Crossover to everything. everything and travel. Like, go yes. scroll back through your phone, look at the photos, and look at all the places that you may or may not have been. Yeah. in the last couple of years, I feel like it's quite surprising. Or even just exactly. like people that you've met, things that you've done. Yeah, so applicable. Yeah. Different things that have happened. Um, a lot can happen, and a year is not a long time. It goes super fast. Um, and mm. you know, you've made a lot of progress before you even really planned on it. Number three on the progress track is setting benchmarks and tracking your progress. And what do I mean by this? I don't mean like set a benchmark and then try and beat it like, you know, (laughs) an active fund manager. Um, What I mean is as a personal, um, well, just as an individual who is working towards any kind of like personal financial goals or career goals, you do want to set those benchmarks so that you have something to look back on. Because again, you will achieve more in the period of time than you think you will. And it's actually really cool to have something concrete. Mm. You know, for us, we've talked about this before. I think we both run kind of like balance sheet spreadsheets where we track, you know, our assets and liabilities and take a snapshot at certain periods of time. Mm. At the moment, I only do mine once a year and it's the end of every year. And sometimes when you feel like you've had a really challenging year or you feel like you're making small steps towards your progress, it's so nice to look back and think, oh, my goodness, Although the last six months only feel like I've made a small step in progress, actually looking back over the last two, three years, I am materially better off or, you know, in a much better place than I was. And sometimes you need that reality check for yourself. Yep. Right? Love that. So, yeah, benchmarks, progress, spreadsheets, done. Okay. <laughs> Sums up cat. Nice. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> My fourth lesson would be, and I feel like this is super timely, Mm. but just, you know, it's one of those things you hear and maybe you don't actually take it on until you're living it, but just remembering that everything is cyclical. This relates to markets. It relates to recessions, to interest rates and your success. Sometimes you feel like you're crushing it and other times you feel super overwhelmed, but you will always come out the other side. And I think it's really important to remember in both the positive times times like recognizing that now I'm in a really good place and it may not always be like this. So Mm -hmm. let's, you know, do some things that are fun because we're all about that life, but Mm -hmm. also uh, future proofing, knowing that there is always going to be, you know, a cyclical on the downside as well. And so you want to be, I guess, just feeling positive about the future and knowing that things come in swings and roundabouts. Try not to get yourself bogged down in a time where perhaps you may be a feeling like you've got a lot of expenses or you're not quite in where you want to be with your career because those things do come out the other side as well. Yeah. I I feel like I've really lived that in the last two years, Mm, you know, in terms of like, I think for me, this is probably my biggest one, right? Because right now, although life feels like the most expensive it's ever been, we've also reached this point as a household. We're now earning the most amount of money that we ever have in our lives, but you rewind 
barely 12 months and we were at one income my husband had just had like you know 18 months off work Mm. we didn't know what the future of his job held and Mm. you know at the time everything feels all consuming but it takes just I think a little bit of time to step out of your own head and go okay this is cyclical things will pass things will change Mm. let's not get too bogged down in either the positive or the negative Mm. yeah it reminds me of the saying you know you go through seasons in life Mm -hmm. and that was a difficult season and now you know you've come out the other side yeah like yeah. better than ever and so <laughs> yes but then I'm also like okay well we could go back there so yeah. let's not be too frivolous yeah. hence my point around like lifestyle creep <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. make sure that when you come out yeah. the other side and you're on the upswing of what is a good cycle mm. you know make sure you're making smart decisions around your money in those times so that then mm. when you get to a future state and I guarantee you know we'll get back to a future state where we perhaps are not feeling as confident or strong about our money potentially we have income changes or job changes whatever it is we feel less impacted by that than we have in the past that's the takeout lesson for me yeah love that yeah i just keep thinking of so many parallels you know the <laughs> rising mortgage rates for yes. a lot of people that will be you know a phase or a, a cyclical kind exactly. of time so just know that you're going to get through it exactly yeah love, love that it. positivity for everyone okay my fifth and final point would be that I feel like we've really learned in the last two years. Well, I've learned this, I feel like, my whole career, but the last two years in particular, (laughs) that people always want to know the nitty gritty about money. Mm. And we all get, and I truly believe this hand on heart, we all get a lot of value from honest, vulnerable sharing. And I think sometimes saying this, people feel like, I actually just had, sorry, quick tangent. I just had a coffee with someone that I've met through work who is super lovely, who spent a lot of time. She's a Kiwi, but she spent a lot of time in Australia yeah. working. She's married to an Australian. She has two children that were born in Australia. So she's like, of, oh my gosh. I was. I was. And we were talking about like the differences in corporate life here versus there. And mm-hmm. she said that the one thing that she notices, even in work, is no one likes talking about money. And she's like, well, I work in a – she works in marketing. She's like, I work in an industry where I need to know, like, how much is that going to cost? You're asking for sponsorship or a pitch. Like, mm. how much money do you want from me? And she's like, this back and forward between, oh, you know, whatever works for you or whatever you can spend. She's like, no, cut the bullshit. Just tell me how much money you want. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. And she mm. said that her view of New Zealanders having been elsewhere in the world is that we're even more mm. – um, like unsure about talking about money than say the Brits, right? Mm. And that's not helpful for anyone. It's not helpful for her in her job. It's not helpful for you in your life. Mm. You know, being open and vulnerable with people around what you are maybe doing differently or the same as others. Um, Also, asking other people what you could be doing someone another great thing someone came to me the other day and said hey cat then also not from new zealand um they've only lived and worked in new zealand for two years and they're like i don't know if i'm getting paid enough money and i have no one in new zealand to ask because mm-hmm. where i come from you know pay bands are very different to what they are here and i just actually don't know if the salary that i'm on is reasonable and how do i go about talking about that Good and i was them. like thank you so much for bringing this mm-hmm. up because the worst thing for that person could be that they sit on that question Mm. for quite a while yeah Yeah, exactly Mm. could materially affect their outcome Mm. and they just don't know and it's like I look at I guess scenarios like that and I think you know all it takes is some confidence and the guts to overcome the awkwardness of the question yeah 
you know, mm. and then the person doesn't have to answer you mm. if that's the other thing, right? If they feel deeply uncomfortable, I could have said, oh, I'm maybe not the best person to ask and kind of fobbed her off and maybe point her in another direction. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. The best case scenario is that other person is more than happy to engage in that conversation and you both get something out of it. And yeah. that's where I just think that, you know, people want to know the details. They need to know the details. It helps everyone to be honest and vulnerable. Completely so agree. get on board, guys. Yeah. On the talking about money generally as well, it's just, it makes me think of how a lot of freelancers or people who like small businesses hate for asking for their invoices to be paid. Yes. And in New Zealand, we're notoriously bad at just not paying on things time. on time. Yeah. Yet really, we're also a nation with so many small businesses, you would think that, you know, like we would pay the small businesses on time. First. But it is like, it's kind of, the, it is the honesty of just being yeah. like, look, I have, you know, people to pay mouths to yes. feeds, things like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, you know, I think of like reflecting back on some of the things that Luke and I now have as financial goals and some of the things we're working towards. I'm like, we've only arrived at those ideas through conversations with other people because mm. through those conversations do you a find out what perhaps other people do differently that you haven't considered in the past mm. um you know maybe mm. get some ideas yourself True. you know there's one thing we've also learned is like there's no conventional path when it comes to building wealth or money or your career anymore particularly in this day and age i'm sure the lovely gen x in this room or tim's <laughs> oh, like i'm not Sorry, a gen x cat no <laughs> he's a gen z will be like like, you know, there's no conventional way to live your life anymore. Mm. Like people are very open to that. And so you need to have those conversations to find out what you could do. Yeah. I'm so here for it. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah. On that note, I feel like we'll be having more honest money conversations yeah. with Kiwis and Australians around the world. Yeah, yeah. Cat <laughs> yeah, calls up every Aussie she knows. Yeah, literally, because they'll say yes and yeah, actually yeah. want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we are actually bringing back more money moments episodes, so you yes. can look forward to that. Yes, because yes. everyone wants the nitty gritty, including us. Exactly. So, so, actually, if you have anyone that you know that wants to speak on the pod or if you want to, please get in touch with us. Shout out. Love yes. to hear it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so cool. So, you. They're my five. I think they were great. Nice and concise. Thank you. Great work. Yeah. I'm going to try to do the same. I'm going to start with the one that overlapped because that'll just knock it off. So my money lesson number one is automation. So Love that we I, both said this. Yeah. All I have here is that it's the found on, foundation of everything. Um, it is. So I have also been over the last two years on a bit of a tent, like up, down, up, down. Do I use this? Do I mm. not? So it has been a bit of a stop, start thing. But I, the consistent theme has been every time I do have that in place to pay myself first and I'm auto investing that's where I really start to feel the progress compounding over time yeah yeah and so it's quite satisfying also to see that money build up um but then that leads perfectly into number two which is test and learn so one thing that I have and possibly the reason that I've stopped it is because I've never I have I don't know if I've quite figured out what that bottom threshold is to like why I can Mm. auto invest or auto save consistently over time without needing to dip into it yes so it has been a bit of a trial and error um learning and understanding how much you know I need a budget for money uh for food every week and things like that of course with inflation so I guess the lesson is to keep testing and learning until you land on something that's right for you so Mm -hmm. another example is like by selling my funds recently I've really learned how attached you become to having that money in your account and you know but at the same time with practice comes um, benefits Mm. so now that I've sold a couple of funds a couple of times I'm getting a lot more comfortable with the idea of doing that when I actually need the money and when I when the goal comes into fruition so that's great 
Love that. Yeah, thank you. Um, number three is dig into the detail. So funny that you put it as mm. like a lot of people want to know the nitty gritty. So something that I have notoriously been horrible at is just being lazy when it comes to kind of investigating different options of things to mm-hmm. buy or before sure. doing the podcast investments, things to invest in. Um, and I guess a little bit of influence from Ollie, but um, generally just wanting to understand more what I'm paying and mm-hmm. doing more research. So I found myself now, I actually am doing a little bit more research to try to find cheaper alternatives yeah. um, in the interest of knowing that I want to spend that money elsewhere. So mm. yeah, that was, that's nice. been really great. And then also nice. just digging into the detail with things like insurance policies. So understanding what my policies allow me um, to claim on. So a great example is the travel insurance. But also I recently found out with my health insurance that none of my psychology appointments are actually going to be covered. Um, yes. Which took me two years to realize because now I'm actually oh. digging into the details. But in turn, that's meant, okay, I'm going to be decreasing the amount of cover that I have because it doesn't, like, right. the level means that I don't actually get any extra benefit from it so that's an instance of how it's worked out bad for me Mm -hmm. number four is stop resisting who you are and start shaving your money around it (laughs) this is like a come to jesus moment for me yeah i was like is this just (laughs) lean into the truth (laughs) basically (laughs) stop trying to be someone else and own your habits So can I also add to that would be if you're in a relationship, stop trying to well do that for your partner, right? Mm. Give them the grace of just maybe understanding that you each have different money habits and you need to be who you each are. Yeah. Right. Rather than trying to like merge it and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Become a different version of each of yourselves, which is not going to happen. Yeah, totally. You'll probably just end up in the fight, which no one likes about money. (laughs) Um, So I've kind of put this in two buckets. So there's been, I've always had this guilt associated with spending money on things that I genuinely love. And Mm. if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that that is primarily around health. So my latest phase is saunas. (laughs) (laughs) I am actually stoked that you just said it was a phase because I think my biggest learning over the last two years is like how many health-related endeavors has Christine gone on in the last two years? We could make a whole reel out of that. Yeah, literally. Oh, we should. It would be so funny. Oh, yeah. So I've just, I'm done feeling guilty for wanting to try every new fad there is um, and actually just (laughs) spend money on myself, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's one. And then another one is um, I've also tried to, in the past, make huge, meticulous budgets and stick to them, but I've just landed in a place where I'm not the person that's going to track every single line item, Mm. every single purchase. And so Mm -hmm. I have started taking it and like, here are the buckets that I work with. And this is generally what I land on every two to four to you know weeks whatever um and just understanding that that's how my habits need to work to Mm -hmm. also not constantly feel guilty about all the things so yeah that's me great learning yes thank you and then finally you know more than you think this is more probably just a big hug for myself um positive note to end on yeah, thanks. <laughs> a little confidence boost um so the background on this is just because someone says they're an expert it doesn't mean that they necessarily have their facts straight or that they are so a beautiful example of this is a lot of financial advisors in new zealand can't even explain thoroughly what an index fund is mm. and so yeah you know if you're doing a research and for me personally, it's taken me probably three and a half years now to get to a point where I actually feel like I'm confident in my knowledge. And the big, mm. the podcast has played a huge part in that. And thanks, Kat, for helping me on the journey. No worries. <laughs> Being my um, 
financial Having coach. arguments with you at a certain time. Yeah. I'm like, no, we're going to do this. Yeah, being honest. Yes. <laughs> as well as loving. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that has really helped me to own my knowledge and just actually realize that I can make good decisions for myself and I don't mm. really – I don't always need to go out seeking that validation or relying on other people to tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, taking yeah. ownership of that. And Love yeah. this. I think like that I've just – I mean, one thing that just tweaked in my mind is – they say when you have a baby, like one of the key things is no one knows your child like you know your child. And mm. so as much as there's advice out there, all the, like there is so much parenting advice and you'll get so much unsolicited parenting advice. It's like yes. take it all with a grain of salt because no one knows your kid like you know your kid. Mm. And it's kind of a little bit the same around like this is why we encourage conversations about money because no one knows your financial situation like you know your financial situation. Yeah. And to that point, you know, you do need to back yourself mm. and kind of hold your ground a little bit or have some yeah. confidence in your own ability also know when to maybe reach out or sense mm. check with someone mm-hmm. um particularly if you need someone to call you out on your own bullshit Hi, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just kind of also knowing that like you know yeah. yourself and your money situation so mm. of course you're going to be a very well placed person to help move forward yes definitely i think to that i will add in some ways, I believe there's a little bit of truth to everything. And so mm. it is valuable for you to reflect on what the person is telling you or yeah. suggesting maybe. Sure. Um, but ultimately, you need to make that decision for you and your situation and yeah. not just be fed and believe everything you read. Yes. <laughs> Oh, it is us. That love great. that. We should do more of this. I know. <laughs> Five lessons, yeah. um, International Women's Day, yes. two-year anniversary of the podcast, so many milestones. Yes. I also just want to say a big thank you for listening to the podcast. This wouldn't have been possible without you with the con- continued support and yeah. likes on Instagram, commenting on the reels, yeah. laughing at our jokes, calling us out. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Particularly for all of you that listen and then maybe don't get in touch with us. I I see you out there. Yeah, yeah, the lurkers. (laughs) But I'm more than happy for that. We hope that, yeah, yeah, well, we hope that everyone that has listened to the show in the last few years has learned something. Um, You know, we try really hard to be open and honest and I guess show all of our financial selves. And as Christine mentioned, we are planning to do a lot more money moments with regular human beings, no fancy Kiwis, just just regular people um, in the next 12 months. And so if that's something that, you know, you feel like you have some financial stories that you'd like to share that would help others, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out either on Instagram or um, at our email, hello at itsnosecret.co.nz. Yes, we will will read those emails. Um, But we would, yeah, love to hear from people. And just, I guess, a big thank you. Yep. And we will definitely see you next Tuesday. We will. As always. Bye. Bye.